HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by Kane Vineyard and Winery, a Napa Valley winery committed to respecting the soil and dedicated to the creation of three Cabernet blends. For more information, visit Kane5.com. This is Chef Emily Peterson, host of Sharp and Hot. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to Let's Get Real, the cooking show about finding, preparing, and eating food on Heritage Radio Network. With me, Erica White's your host. I'm back live. Yay. It's been a couple weeks. I know. I've been busy, people. I got projects. You know how it is. Um, but I've got uh, babies on the brain. Yes, babies on the brain. Because everywhere I go, everyone I know and everyone I see is breeding and birthing and being fruitful and multiplying as if babies were going out of style or were like about to be banned or rationed by the government or something. Or like it's China. Like you can't walk down a Brooklyn block without needing to dodge the double wide strollers or fear for your ankles or your shins from those little scooters that only five-year-olds should use. Not their adult parents, but they do. And then when their little darlings slam into you and bloody your legs... The indulged, entitled parent will blame you for being in their way, in the kid's way. Yeah, nice. I miss the old New York City where once you had kids, you moved out because you were fearful of for their lives. It was dangerous. I miss that. But anyway, not me, of course. I, I have babies on the brains, but I it's not like, oh my God, I have to have one. Because, of course, I am now officially too old. That ship has sailed away and there is no turning back into that wind now not gonna happen you don't need to reassure me that it can because you know all the the well-meaning people always when i say no i'm too old they say oh no it's not too late you can still do it i know someone who got pregnant at 51 with a donor egg and donor sperm and 17 rounds of ivf and using a surrogate you can do it Because that's what you want, to have a lab-grown, $100,000 infant grown in someone else's body at the age of 50. Um, Thanks, but uh, nope. 
I don't need your reassurance that it's not too late because it is too late and I'm good with that. It was a conscious decision. And so please go away and take your little Juniper and your little Mason and your little Oleander and your little Nebuchadnezzar and the runny noses and their sippy cups and just go away. Okay, please just stop with all of that. Now, please also don't get me wrong because I have friends and family who are at this moment pregnant or new parents and I have nieces and if any of you people my friends and family are listening this is not about you okay this is not aimed at all of you I love you guys okay you're my FNFs my friends and family and I love you and I love your kids and I'm happy for you really I am because I need them when I'm older to come and visit me and keep me company and cherish me as their favorite aunt Okay, that's going to be my role. It's just that we're living in this era of like everything being curated and stylized and over Instagrammed and artisanal. Does everything have to be stylized? Does every baby picture have to be shot by a professional photographer looking like a magazine editorial spread? Does it? Can you just take a snapshot? And add to that a baby boom of entitled overindulged millennials who are now having their own baby boom. And, well, it's a lot of freaking babies and toddlers. Okay. Now, when I bought my apartment in Brooklyn 20 years ago, haha, good job by me, right? Buying an apartment 20 years ago in Brooklyn. (laughs) Sucks for you because it was so cheap. Now, when I bought, there was not a single child on my floor of my building, not a child. Now, out of 10 apartments on my floor, seven are inhabited by kids or babies. Well, families with kids and babies. I mean, these kids are entitled and indulged, but they can't afford a million-dollar apartment on their own yet. And the rest of the apartments are people either over, like, 75 or this little island huddling together in the middle of older creative types like me who bought when the neighborhood was a ghost town and people still headed for the greener hills once they multiplied. Now, I don't mind the onslaught of kids and toddlers and babies in my building because most of the kitties are super cute and I like to look at them. Like kind of when you spot like a little bunny in the park, it's like that. You can kind of look at the kids. It's like seeing a bunny in the park. And the real estate values are at an all-time high, so that's something, right? So yeah, I've got babies on the brain. What does this have to do with food and foodiness? We're getting to it. It takes a while. You know that. Babies on the brain. So I went to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania this past weekend, which I have to say is actually a very cool little town. I had been there like 20-something years ago for a wedding, and it was a desolate post-industrial wasteland ghost town. And now it's like a booming, super cool, creative-y kind of post-post-industrial wasteland town, but in a good way, in a good way. But anyway, I went to Bethlehem for uh, a baby shower. For my cousin Robin, my beautiful cousin Robin, who I mention once in a while on the show here. She lives in L.A., but the shower was in P.A. for all the East Coasties. Robin is a devoted Let's Get Real fan, by the way. She listens to every episode, and when I don't do an episode, she's like, um, how come you didn't do an episode? So she listens. She listens. And Steph, her sister-in-law who threw the shower, also listens. They both listen. And I'm sure they're listening to this one now, too. Now... Robin is a let's get real success story because about, I don't know how many years ago, seven, eight, nine years ago, Robin like completely took charge of her food life and completely overhauled her 
way of eating, her diet, everything. She dumped all the foodiness, and she is like this major, let's get real, superstar success story. She looks amazing. I mean, she's pregnant now, but, you know, she still looks amazing. And her picture actually hangs here down in the foodiness fallout shelter on the wall of fame. Did you know we have a wall of fame in the fallout shelter? There's a picture of Robin. And she looks really good in the picture, too. So we give her a shout-out now and then on the show. Hi, Robin. Hi, Robin. And Robin and her husband, Jay, are expecting a baby boy in July. And I am genuinely super happy for her. Now, I know because of the way I speak, it's hard to tell if I'm actually being sincere and genuine because everything I say sounds a little bit bitter and sarcastic. But I, this is me being sincere. This is for real. I am genuinely happy for them. Because Robin is this amazingly loving, generous, and kind person with a huge capacity for people and will be an exceptional parent. And if anyone should be a mom, it is her, Robin Agronoff Ferber. Okay? And a couple of my other friends have had babies recently, too, or are expecting. And I'm fine with it. Okay? I am not anti-baby. It's fine. It's what humans do, right? It's the norm. We have to procreate species somehow, propagate, whatever it is continue the species somehow i just chose not to do the norm i like being an aunt to my nieces and all my friends kids and i like baby showers okay also i'm not the like miserable childless bitter aunt who sits in the corner at the baby shower drinking and making snide comments well it depends on whose shower it is but i didn't at this one okay because i like baby showers because i think that pregnant moms need that lavishing of attention on them before their lives change so radically that they can't even remember who they are and they risk losing themselves in the process of parenting because I've also seen that happen. Okay, so they need it. They need to eat the little sandwiches and they need to open the little presents and they need to get all weepy. I think it's very good for them. It's like a little pre-birth cathartic therapeutic session. Plus... The best part of every baby shower is that at almost every single baby shower, there is cake. Okay? And I like cake. I hardly ever eat cake. So when I go to an event with cake, usually I like to eat some cake. Okay? And that's kind of what today's show is about. Really. Cake. Not babies. Well, indirectly about babies. About babies and cake and other things too. So let's take a break. And when we're back, we'll talk more about cake. Okay? This is Chris Howell from Cane Vineyard and Winery, calling in from Spring Mountain above the Napa Valley. Thank you for listening to this show. In our industrial world of highly processed food and wine, we support the values of Heritage Radio Network. All of us at Cane encourage you to seek out individuality and beauty in everything you eat and drink. To learn more about us, go to Cane5.com. On Tuesday, May 17th, please join Snacky Tunes for the 9th Annual Barbecue Blowout. 
Our inaugural chefs are Kings County Imperial with Beats and Rhythms by Domino Records. Tickets are $10 in advance at BBQ Blowout, May2016.eventbrite.com. Tickets include a plate of food and a complimentary Brooklyn brewery. We're happy to announce returning partners of Nikki Digital and Heritage Radio Network. We hope to see you there. And welcome back to Let's Get Real, the cooking show about finding, preparing, and eating food with me. Erica Wise, here on Heritage Radio Network. So, cake. Let's talk about cake. I like cake. I do like a good piece of cake. Years ago, when I was working in Maine at a hotel, it was owned, it's still owned by this woman, Jane, who I'm still very close with. But Jane had a little bit of a temper. She had a little, she tended to flare up. It's hard running a hotel for 12 weeks a year. Gearing it all up in the spring, opening, opening, staying open all summer, and then, boom, shutting it down. That's a hard job. I understood the temper. But we were getting ready in the beginning of the summer, and there was a new pastry chef who just couldn't get it that this was kind of a classic old American-style resort, and the dessert should not be super fancy, and she didn't want sponge sugar, and she didn't want foofiness. Jane just wanted cake. And so one day I'm sitting at her table in the dining room and we're trying out some of these desserts and Jane just slams her hand down, boom, on the table and goes, all I want is a goddamn piece of cake! Which was typical of Jane's behavior. Anyway, Jane doesn't listen to the show, so it's okay for me to talk about her. But anyway, I like cake too and that's how I feel. I don't like all cake, and I don't like cake that has too much icing because I really just want the cake part of the cake. I don't want all the goop. I don't like icing all that much, which is very ironic because when I was a little kid, I could not physically ingest enough icing. Like, I couldn't get enough icing. Icing, frosting, buttercream, glaze, whatever it was, if it coated a cake and was made from sugar and butter, I was like a meth head around it. Could not get enough of the icing. And sometimes, believe it or not, if I was home alone and I knew I was safe from being caught, I would just mix up a batch of buttercream. But the raw kind, not the good kind that, you know, pastry chefs know how to make, that I know how to make. No, the raw kind where you just whip up powdered sugar and butter and it probably wasn't even butter it was probably margarine in our house and then I would just eat it straight out of the bowl I know just talking like I'm talking about it now and I can feel my stomach like clenching and I'm actually getting a little bit nauseous and my teeth are hurting just talking about the fact that I would sit there and just eat icing out of the bowl that I made kind of disgusting but uh, you know I had a problem I was a junkie I was an addict what can I say I admit I was an addict I was powerless in my addiction and there were no 12-step groups for nine-year-old icing addicts back then so I what was I supposed to do you know it's not like now where there's a 12-step group for everything like the woman I know who's obsessed with Josh Groban and has to go to a 12-step group for people who are obsessed with celebrities yes it's true Dave the engineer's looking at me it's true She's so obsessed with Josh Groban that she follows him all around the country and she thinks that he's going to marry her as soon as he figures out who she is. And she's in a 12-step group. She's in a group. People can be addicted to celebrities. That's fucked up. Of course, I mean, you know, someone wants to be addicted to me as a celebrity. That's okay. Anyway, 
in adulthood, I lost my taste for icing. Like something just snapped and I can't do the ice. I can have a little bit, but not like it used to be. Now the balance has shifted and now it's all about the cake. Just give me a good piece of a well-baked cake and I am a very happy girl. Okay, woman, but you know, girl. Not that I eat it much because I'm pretty much off sugar most days and like white refined carbs most days. And I can easily skip dessert in a restaurant most of the time. And if I am going to order something for dessert in a restaurant, it's usually like something fruity, like a tart, not cake. Because the idea of eating a big piece of cake after a big meal actually I think is gross too. See, people change when they get older. Because cake for me is for afternoons. Cake is an afternoon thing. You have your cake with tea in the afternoon or coffee if, you know, that's how you swing. You could have coffee too. Like in Germany. What is she talking about? Well, I have an uncle who has lived in Germany since the late 70s. He's American, but he went to work and live in Germany. And when I visited him, the few times I visited him, part of the day was that in the afternoon we would always have to go out and eat cake. It's a German thing. Kuchen und Kaffee. Cake and coffee. You have to do it in Germany in the afternoon. That's what you do in Deutschland. You have your cake and your coffee. Now, my very good friend Kate, who is married to a German man, corroborated this for me because she said when they visit his family in Germany every afternoon, Kuchen und Kaffee. Cake and coffee every day. It's a part of life. Now, I would like to interject right here one of my usual statements. I would like to interject one of my usual statements, which would be, well, then how come the Germans eat cake every day and they're not fat like us? But you know what? The Germans are actually getting as fat as us. They are catching up. Not as fat as us or the Chinese or the Kuwaitis or the Mexicans who are like the top ones, but the Germans are catching up. But I don't think it's the cake because they've always eaten the cake. I think it's the soda and the fast food that we're ramming down the world's throat. Oh, yeah, that and video games. So... You are so welcome, world. Now back to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. At Robin's Shower. Now at Robin's Shower in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, there were these cute little cupcakes instead of cake. Little cupcakes. Because cupcakes, I guess, are the new cake. Cupcakes have taken over the role that cake used to play in our celebrations here in 21st century America. Because even at weddings now, it's Cupcake City. Nobody has a cake anymore. The last couple of weddings I've gone to, it's been cupcakes. Okay? Now, we've just lived through the decade of the cupcake. Like, endless, multiple cupcake stores and vendors. Enough with the cupcakes. Along, you know, with the requisite chains of cupcake sellers, like the utterly disgusting crumbs bakery which luckily you know went bankrupt and magnolia bakery which like just won't die it's like a it's like a bad like yeast infection it just won't go away magnolia bakery and the cupcake moment peaked like five years ago and frankly i've been over the cupcake thing for years but you know what cake is cake okay whether it's in a cup or it's in a wedge and if it's good cake i don't discriminate Okay, I just hated the era of the oversized, overfrosted, overtoppinged, lowest common denominator style level of cupcakiness we had hit a half a decade back because it just got out of hand. But like all trends, the best stick around and all the crap just washes away. So thankfully that happened because the world doesn't need another cupcake store. That's for damn sure. 
But the cupcakes at the shower, the baby shower, were actually, they were really good. They were small. They had good cake. They had too much, too sweet icing on them, but not too much. And the chocolate ones had chocolate icing with crunchy salt on top. So I was happy because that balanced it out. So, like, I had no problems with the cupcakes at the shower because they were perfect and perfectly appropriate because that's where you should eat a cupcake at a party once in a while for a celebration, right? Right? Once in a while. Okay, I ate two, but so did everybody else there, even Robin, and she chucked sugar from her diet years ago. So we all happily ate our little cupcakes, and we oohed and awed at the cute little onesies and blankies and toys that everybody gave her as presents, and we shared a lot of love and fun, and we had a great weekend, actually. We made a weekend out of it. My sister went. It was awesome. We had a celebration with cake, because that's when you're supposed to have cake at a celebration. Oh, and also, we ate soft-shell crabs the night before in landlocked Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, which was kind of weird, but I was very happy, because, you know, I love soft-shell crabs even more than I love cake. Mm-hmm. So let's take another little break and we'll be back with even more about you know what. Welcome back. Welcome back. So let's get real. Cooking show about finding prayer and eating food on Heritage Radio Network with me, Eric Weitz. Now, completely off the topic, I just want to say, what is up with people wearing sunglasses backwards on their head? I don't get that. I just saw a guy had his sunglasses on the back of his head, like upside down and backwards. That's not the first time I've seen that. Come on, people. What is that about? That and the high-waisted acid wash jeans that are like out of my worst nightmare from my years post-college. Come on. Some trends are just better left to die. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Now, you know, you know that I know. I know that you know that I know that I haven't exactly been prolific with shows lately because I've had other projects to attend to. Restaurant openings and things. And after 155 episodes of Let's Get Real, it's hard sometimes to come up with new ideas for you guys. Suggestions are always welcome, by the way. You can send them to our virtual suggestion box, okay? It's hard. But on my way home from the shower, the baby shower in Bethlehem, I was driving home. It's actually really not that far away. I was surprised at how close it is. And when I got back to Brooklyn, I was driving around and around and around and around the neighborhood looking for parking. Because, oh, the rampant overdevelopment of downtown Brooklyn has taken away thousands of parking spots for those of us who've lived here for 23 years. I'm just saying, okay? No place left to park. And as I drove around, I passed our neighborhood IHOP. You know, the chain I love to hate on. That should be their tagline. IHOP, the chain she loves to hate on. Now, I haven't mentioned old IHOP in a while because the one near me, which coincidentally was located below the old parking garage structure where I parked for years, but which was then torn down because they're building a massive condo high-rise project, that IHOP has risen from the ashes of rampant redevelopment and has reopened a block away in a brand new building. 
Now, the old IHOP, the one under the parking garage where I used to park, had such a bad rat problem that the rats were moving out of IHOP and moving upstairs into the parking garage where they built a nest in the engine of my car. Thanks, IHOP. I had a pancake-scented rat's nest in my car engine. Let's all go to IHOP. So this new IHOP, this new one, had a poster in the window, which I saw as I sat in traffic waiting in a traffic jam. And the poster was for yet another brilliant IHOP 21st century mashup creation. Because you can't just go to IHOP and eat pancakes now. They have to be flavored. They have to have a theme. You can't eat just a pancake. It's like hummus. No one eats just hummus anymore. It has to be flavored hummus. It has to be chipotle hummus or garlic hummus or cilantro hummus or chocolate hummus. No one eats just hummus. Just like pancakes. No one eats just pancakes apparently anymore. They have to have a theme, be flavored. So this was another new IHOP creation that I saw on the poster, many of which we have discussed before in depth here on Let's Get Real. Many an episode of Let's Get Real have dwelled on IHOP, the chain I love to hate on. Now this one, the poster for this special item at IHOP was just perfect ironic timing. It couldn't have gotten more perfectly ironic because these, this thing, this poster, this was for cupcake pancakes. Yes, cupcake fucking pancakes. Okay? Okay, first of all, pancakes basically are cupcakes just flat. Anyone who thinks eating pancakes constitutes a healthy morning meal has their head up their icing-filled ass because a pancake is just white flour and sugar, some kind of leavening, and some sort of liquid fat like eggs or milk or cream. Now, there's nothing wrong inherently with any of those ingredients. I mean, that's what makes a good cake, right? Your basic cake, which is for a celebration once in a while. But eating a basic pile of plain pancakes, while not exactly a nutritional powerhouse of a meal, once in a while, like cake, is okay. I don't eat them because they make me feel sick and lethargic, but some people do. I get it. I ate a lot of pancakes growing up. I understand the plain pancakes. But we have freedom of choice here, for now. So if you want to eat pancakes, you still can, for now. Wait until November. We'll see what happens. But to mash up the cake concepts, as IHAP has done in the past, multiple times, with their red velvet pancakes and their strawberry shortcake pancakes and their birthday cake fucking pancakes. That's criminal. Okay? Criminal. Do you remember my birthday flavor episode? It was way, way back, somewhere in like the 70s, not the 1970s, like the 70s of episodes, like number 70-something. I don't remember which one. All about birthday flavored, when everything birthday cake flavored was just everywhere. All the birthday flavored stuff that was just crashing down in a heap of white flavored icing and candle wax smell. Do you remember that? All those products? That was bad enough. But what the fuck is a cupcake pancake? Okay, there is no one cupcake flavor profile, is there? Which was my point about birthday cake flavor. I had birthday cakes that were all different flavors. There's not just one birthday cake flavor, except it is. It's the flavor of overly sweetened white cake with gritty white icing, melted candle wax, and yearly disappointment. That's the flavor of birthday cake. The anticipation and the crushing disappointment. So what's the flavor of a cupcake? Um, Well, I don't know. Maybe the same thing in miniature. I don't get it. Did Virginia Dare, the flavoring company, there's a flavoring company called Virginia Dare. They're actually based in Brooklyn. They're actually right next to Costco where I shop and in the same building as the like, I forget what it's called, Brooklyn Industrial Warehouse Hipster Mega Food Market 
City Place now. That's not what it's called. But Virginia Dare, the flavoring company, they brought us birthday cake flavor for baking. Have they re-engineered and redesigned that product to now make it taste more cupcakey? Like, is it just smaller? I don't know. How do they make cupcake pancakes? Do they just squish cupcakes flat and then dip them in pancake batter and then fry them on the griddle? Does our obese, diabetic, neurologically challenged electorate need to be eating cupcake pancakes a mere six months before the most important presidential election in American history because eating all that sugar makes you stupider? And I know stupider is not a word, but I'm trying to prove a point here. I think not. But who listens to me? Just you guys. And I doubt many of you guys are IHOP regulars. I hope not. You're not like that teenage girl in the news like maybe a year ago. This poor girl. Oh, she was such a dummy. She was pregnant. She didn't want the baby. So she gave birth to the baby, threw it in a dumpster, and then tweeted to her friends, Okay, all done. We go eat IHOP now. Because that's who eats at IHOP, okay? Maybe that was her way of giving herself a baby shower. Hold on, guys. Let me just have this baby throw it away, and then we can all go stuff ourselves on red velvet cream cheese donut flavored pancakes to celebrate the fact that I was a mom, but I'm not now. I don't know. Too bad they hadn't introduced the cupcake donuts yet because that's who eats at IHOP. People like that who throw their babies in dumpsters and then go eat there. Okay? I know. It's harsh. but And if the foodiness ironic complex couldn't get any more weirdly interwoven and more surreal and more down the rabbit hole, get this. Oh, we're almost out of time. There was research announced this week. That speculatively, speculatively, okay, association, not causation or whatever they say it, links prenatal vitamins to autism, prenatal vitamins to autism. Now, it's just an association. It's nothing definitive. So I'm not going to make any leaps or assumptions or pretend I'm a scientist because I'm so not. But I just want to point out this little nugget of foodiness history, okay? Prenatal vitamins are given to women. Because the post-industrial diet that we all eat since the early 20th century is lacking in many nutrients, particularly folate. Folate, or folic acid, naturally exists in whole grains, particularly whole unprocessed wheat. The kind of wheat people used to eat before the widespread industrialization of the wheat industry and bread making. Okay? When the industrialization of grain and bread production took over in the early 1900s, the processing removed the bran because the bran would make the wheat spoil too quickly. And also, it like gunked up the works when they were trying to industrially produce the bread. But the bran is where the nutrition in the wheat is, including the folic acid, amongst many other things. Now, a few years later, babies began being born with neural tube defects. That's a part of your brain. I don't know. Something bad happens when you have a neural tube defect. I don't know what it is. And that was not good, obviously. And because people were eating this diet based on this processed form of white flour wheat, especially the Victorians, because they loved everything white in their weird kind of virginity-obsessed way, people began to form all sorts of or suffer all various forms of malnutrition. Because it turns out that stripping the wheat of its bran removes all the essential vitamins and minerals from it, and a diet heavy in processed white flour was causing all these problems. It also happened with processed white rice, too, and many other grains, by the way. So what was the government's solution? No, not to go back to an unprocessed form of wheat. Silly. No. 
Their solution was to enrich the flour, to spray it with synthetic forms of vitamins like folic acid and the A's and the B's and all the other stuff, which had formerly nourished millions of people for millennia. And when the dairy cattle were switched to a grain-based diet from a grass-fed diet, their milk became deficient in vitamin D, which only comes from the sun and is absorbed by the cattle through the grass that they eat. So the milk was fortified with vitamin D, too. But out of fear that that wasn't enough, apparently the pharmaceutical industry, we know how great they've been throughout history, created prenatal vitamins to counteract the malnourishment that went along with the poor quality post-industrial American diet. Okay? And prenatal vitamins really started taking off in the 80s and the 90s, coincidentally along with the massive rise in cases of autism. Now, as I said, it's only an association. But, 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 I'm going to just leave it there. Okay? Because the autism issue is just way too big and too touchy, and I know nothing, really. And I am not at all qualified to even speculate on it. And it's a terrible situation for all involved. But I just wanted to kind of put that out there. Okay? Just wanted to hang that little matzo ball out there and see what people think about it. Whole grain matzo ball, of course. Oh, yeah, and also a new study just came out about babies who are born to mothers who drink diet soda during pregnancy. Guess what? Those babies tend to be overweight. Uh Uh-huh. The moms who drink the diet soda during pregnancy have fat babies. That's nice. That's a nice little nugget of irony, too. So if you're throwing a baby shower and you're serving cupcakes, please don't serve diet soda with them, okay? Serve tea. Tea and cake or coffee. Like the Germans. Kuchen and coffee, remember? Because babies these days, with their ridiculous names... They're inheriting a hell of a mess from us. This planet is fucked, and we are just handing it over to these poor little junipers and Nebuchadnezzars. And I'm sorry, babies. That's why I didn't have any of you, by the way. I did it for you, to spare you the misery. You're welcome. And yes, it is too late for me to have any, so everybody, please just shut up about it, okay? I'm almost 50. Oh, look, we're out of time. We'll see you next week. Thanks to Dave Tat in the engineering room. Thanks to Ben Kaplan for writing my theme music. And we'll see you next week. for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org you can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the itunes store by searching heritage radio network you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter at heritage underscore radio you can email us questions at any time at info at heritage radio network.org heritage radio network is a non-profit organization to donate and become a member visit our website today thanks for listening